0: Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with Evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's Evangelist Jonathan. If the prosperity of a church stops with the leadership, then it's not real prosperity. Everybody should be blessed. The same way you've noticed a massive change in your finances and the blessing of God. You know, we take care of when, when inflation hit real hard, In 2022, they said it was going to go up 10%. So I called and told them, other than our executives, like me and Nadalus, to give our full staff a 10% raise up front just to counteract it. There's a verse in the Bible. It's called the golden rule. Do unto others what you would have others do unto you. So you put yourself in other people's shoes and treat them that way. And God likes that and honors it. So I also like doing it because I heard somebody got mad that we gave an iPad away one time. So if you got mad at an iPad, you better get yourself some high blood pressure medication for what we're getting ready to do. The day will come, you mark my words, because this, this church is not even a full year and a half old yet. The day will come where we'll give homes away to people, cash. And that that's not a revival today car on lease. If Abraham quits on Monday, that's his car. That's a gift. You know what I found out that I didn't even know? Abraham made up his mind to sow the largest seed he ever sowed into this ministry to help build the church, which I didn't know. At One year out of Bible school, $10,000. The Lord gave it to him. He sowed it. And when we were getting off the plane last week, the Lord, I saw him calling an Uber and the Lord said, get him a car. So we got him a car. Isn't that great? And if you're, if you're upset that it's not you, just remember, I'm just getting warmed up. Amen. How many of you have a good expectation for your future? Well, before you're seated, uh, Miss Marcy and your family, come come here from uh, Quebec. I just saw you in the crowd. I want to introduce some very special people to you. I know you don't know who you're clapping for, but clap for this couple. (laughs) Stood strong in Montreal. Whatever you faced during the COVID lockdowns, I promise you in Quebec, they faced it a hundred times more. The church they went to. There would be police outside of the church and they find everybody how much per person on the way in $1,500 per person. So if you're a couple, it was three grand to get in the door. If you had two kids, it was, uh, you and your, uh, you and your spouse and your two kids, it was six grand to get in the door or they'd turn you out and they sted, stood strong, never got vaccinated as you can tell, cause they can use both sides of their face and, uh, kept, kept coming to church and doing what the the Lord called them to do. Then they do a broadcast one hour a week, just telling people what was going on and keeping people in faith. And then the border opened up and I saw they made the drive down 10 hours from Montreal. So I want to commend you on behalf of the body of Christ for standing strong in Canada. And we love you very much. Give them a great big hand clap. I wanted to do that, Marcy, so I don't have to talk to you after. Okay, so God bless you. Well, how many came with an expectation for God to do something good today? Um, you can be seated. You probably saw that we were supposed to be preaching in Texas for one week. And then I told you last week, it got extended a second week. And, um, second weeks are interesting because when you advertise on TV and everything, you have a bunch of people drive in from all surrounding states, but then week two, they all go home. So the crowd was up locally. With Texas people, and we had more people saved week two than week one. One night there were 33 first-time decisions for Christ. No number that's going to impress Reinhard Bonnke or T.L. Osborne, but that's 33 people from that town in that church. That's just one night. We're sitting at 156 first-time decisions for Christ at that church. And I wanted to show you, so I'm going back. If you're watching in Texas, I'll be back somehow at 7 p.m. And I'll see you there at Church in the City. In route led, but I wanted to show you a couple of the things that happened that I thought were cool. Here's like my father was preaching in McAllen, Texas, which is right on the open border. And uh, he stopped over at DFW. I told him, just cancel the rest of your flight and come see me so we can celebrate Father's Day. So we did. And then he came to the meeting that night and I had him greet the crowd. And I felt the anointing on him. And so I had him preach because he's a great preacher. He's preached here and many of you know that. And he did great. Camila and Adalas were there with us the first night. I had Adalas pray over, but over everybody, or Camila, and a ton of people testified they were healed by her prayer. You know, obviously Christ did the healing, but childlike faith is an interesting thing. You don't meet a nine-year-old that says, I used to pray like that, but then I know No, they just believe the Bible. And so there's a purity in the prayer. So here's some of why we're going week three in Texas. It is your will Look at for my That's children old people to be to set apart one and made holy. Thank
1: you, my children are not going to fold up. They're not going to give up. They're not going to be defeated. They're not going to be weak Christians. They're going to be generals in the faith. They're going to be full of the fire of the Holy Ghost and do the will and the work of God.
2: Heal them now in the mighty name of Jesus because you are our healing and when you went on the cross you took all that pain and sickness away and what you did on the cross i pray that you are going to do something for them in their life
0: So there's that and then i'm going to show you another thing um i there were women that were brought from a drug rehab which i didn't know and i called them all out because i felt to pray for them and when i went to pray for them uh i was just going to pray you know and i felt The Lord speak to me, and I don't throw this stuff around. If you've been coming to the church more than a week or two that you know I'm not big on blaming stuff on demons. That's why, you notice we have a very good sound system. I grew up in Pentecostal churches where it always crackled, and they'd say, the devil's attacking the sound system. But then you notice when you buy a good sound system, somehow the devil magically stops attacking. Uh, So I don't like blaming the devil on human error. But there there are real demons. You know, there's no way to do a reading of the Bible and not see one-third of the innumerable followed Satan out of heaven and were cast down to the earth, and they looked to steal, kill, and destroy. So as I got ready to just pray a general prayer over these ladies, and I was going to go easy, you know. A lot of them had never been in church, let alone this kind of church. So I, I went to pray, but I felt there was a literal spirit of death. And some of you have experienced that if you've had a kid or a friend that's on heroin or fentanyl or they're just not the same person it's almost like they're magnetized to kill themselves that's a that's a spirit and when that spirit's not on them they're as nice as can be then it, then when it comes back it's like i didn't raise that son that's a different person that's that's a uh something somebody needs deliverance of notice when that woman in matthew 15 said jesus my daughter is grievously vexed or in the new living translation tormented by an evil spirit. Jesus didn't dismiss it. I know it's the first century and you people think everything's spirits, but you'll find out as time goes on. No, no, no. He he dealt with the spirit. He cast the spirit out of the boy that was deaf and mute. One out of every three people that Jesus ministered to, if you make a note in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there was a demon spirit that had to be dealt with. And that's why the Democrats and Republicans can't figure it out. They keep raising taxes all they want. You can't medicate demons out of people and you can't give out clean socks and bottled water and make demons go away. The church has to do the work of delivering people from the forces. I'm gonna tell you, forget about talking in generalities. One reason I'm playing this is so you can know if you're here and you're tormented and it's been hard to stay alive and you're trying to find the strength to go on and these thoughts come to you out of nowhere about what difference would it make if I was here or not. You're going to leave here not just hearing a good message. The power of God's word is going to deliver you from every force of darkness that's looking to take you out. God's going to set you free today in Jesus' name. So anyway, you watch. There's a lady over on the left. When I give the word that there's a literal demon spirit trying to kill uh, some of the women that are here, that thing manifested. I, I debated whether to play this on Sunday morning or not because I can already foresee one family quickly grabbing their Bibles. And... But people need, people need to see. This is powerful. Now, think, now remember this. These people have not been to church. Go ahead, roll it. This, I'm not even talking just about addiction. There are several of you ladies that are here. There's a literal spirit of death that tried to kill you before you were born, shortly after you were born, it's been like a constant struggle to stay. That's it. it. leaves you right now. In Jesus' mighty name. You'll never battle that again. Out! Listen. And don't ever come back. In, that's it. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. That's right. Oh, you gotta go. Scream all you want. You have to go bye-bye. Out! That's That's God's pouring his spirit out on you right now. You will never be the same after tonight. You will never be the same after tonight. With your eyes closed, lift your hands and say this prayer of faith after me. Heavenly Father, that powerful? And then to to have the woman come up after with totally different looking eyes crying and throw her arms around you and say, I feel so different. Oh yeah, the bus feels different when the passengers get off, amen. And that, that was awesome. Then it's a demonstration. Anytime a, a demon leaves a person, there's such a victory that comes into the crowd. Because it's a, it's a display that our God is not a statue. He's not dead. He's not in a wrestling match with the devil like the Instagram pictures where they're arm wrestling. Jesus destroyed his power 2,000 years ago. And then that's our job as ministers. We, all we do is just tell the good news. The price has already been paid for your full deliverance. Isn't that awesome? So that was all last week. So I'm going to head back to Texas for a week and then beginning next Sunday, and I don't want to oversell it, but the greatest gathering in the history of Christianity begins this coming Sunday through Sunday. We're calling it what no eye has seen. Dr. Paul Andichi, who pastors the largest church auditorium on planet earth. It's a 90,000 seater packed Dag Haywood Mills, who is the top crusade evangelist in the world. And, uh, you know, a lot of American Christians and and, and Christian leaders, they don't see very far. If it's not happening in America, they don't know what's happening. So they're missing out on major things. You know, before these churches, it was Dr. Paul young Cho that had the largest church in the world. That was in South Korea. So if you only know America, you miss what God's doing. And we need... You know, think about it. There was a time, if you listen to these guys, their ministries and lives were, they were meeting in grass roof churches. Some of them didn't have any shoes, 80 people, 60 people. And they got a hold of Kenneth Hagin's books on faith and realized though we're in an Islamic dictatorship, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And they flipped the whole country. And that was an American seed going overseas and changing lives. And now I believe a harvest is coming where spirit-filled African preachers are going to come back to America and relight the fires of revival that were sent over there. Can you say amen? Then we have Dr. Jesse Duplantis, who's a great man of God, with all the complaints of how many prosperity preachers they are. Good luck naming five. If you want to hear a message on financial breakthrough, there's not too many people you can tune into, and he's a great servant of God. These are all impartations. We're going to have tons of guests come in. We have Just under 2,000 people registered to come in. But I want our church people to have what these men have in their spirits in their spirit and and women. Because you're going to get soul winning impartation, financial impartation. My uncle Ted, (laughs) who has a great old school Holy Ghost impartation to give. I have an excitement in my spirit for Sunday through Sunday, 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. If you can't get the week off of work, just tell your boss you're taking all your smoking breaks for the year at once. Amen. 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. I want you to do everything in your power to be here and to come to receive. These are, these are, Smith Wigglesworth's gone. You can't go here and preach. John G. Lake's gone. T.L. Osborne's gone. Oral Roberts is gone. They're all in heaven. But these are the men that were sent to our generation. And uh, do you know what a miracle it is to call them five weeks out and they all cancel their what they're doing so they can be here because they believe in this church and are watching it overseas. You know, our service is playing Africa on primetime television, five, uh, four nights a week, Monday through Thursday. So they're all watching and, and happy and seeing what God's doing. This is I'm telling you, this next week is gonna be your Disney World and my Disney World. I'm coming to receive myself. And we're not announcing which speakers are coming when because it's not a conference. I don't want everybody coming here in their favorite speaker and going home. This is a time to sit for a week under the Word of God and be changed. So here it is. Roll it, fellas. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it ever entered into the heart of man what God has reserved for those who love Him. In Bible-type love, hot, fiery love for God. The eyes of unbelief see nothing but difficulty and defeat. The eyes of faith, yeah, there are giants in the land, but they're unprotected. They're merely bread for us. If the Lord is with us, we'll go in and possess it at once. No matter where you go, God will surround you. The Lord will go before you.
1: God will protect you. No harm and evil will come nigh to you. God will give you power over the devil and power over sin and power over your flesh over
0: and over and over again, that Jesus loves you with all his heart and he wants to save you and to save your life. You understand, Jesus is coming, and sooner than
1: most of you people think he's coming. I'm not just saying that to get you excited, I'm telling you, he's coming. Let God be true, and let every devil be a liar.
0: Look at this church. Clap
1: your hands, do He's probably the best the 2023 will be the year that the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ comes alive in the United States of America I'm looking at the people right now that are going to make an impact
0: what no eye is seeing <laughs> hallelujah I leave oh. out of here today seeing life through the lens of faith. So if you haven't registered yet, please register, rtcregister.com. If you register now, it's free. But if you wait till the meetings start, it's still free. Because I was born in the 1980s where you were never charged to go to church. And I'm not changing. Amen. Praise God. You know, it's funny how, you, how those guys just get ignored over here. Because, it, because if you accepted their ministries, you'd have to accept their doctrine on fasting and prayer and holiness and repentance so you got people lecturing on church growth in America that these guys have more in their backup choir than those people have in their whole church. And then go do soul winning crusades and jihadist. <laughs> Anybody ever hear that Sunday I played Paul and Nietzsche's testimony of why their churches grow? They got kidnapped by Boko Haram and they went to, to kill him because they wouldn't recite the Muslim pledge and every AK-47 jammed and wouldn't fire and they let them all go. And then that other girl got abducted by jihadists. They had her sitting in the forest, getting ready to kill her. And she sang a song they sing. You are always there to help. You are always there to help us. As she she closed her eyes and prepared to die. And when she opened her eyes, she was sitting at a military checkpoint on the highway. God delivered her. Word gets out, my friend, that these people are not rehearsing about a dead God. Jesus that they worship is alive. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble and I'm very jealous I'm jealous that needs to be in America there needs to be a church in America that puts football to shame that is an embarrassment to the attendance at football games can you say amen and we're going to have it Isaiah 2 2 in the last days The mountain of the Lord's house will be exalted highest above all hills and people from all nations will stream. Now we're not even close to there yet, but this is a sign 17 and a half months in this church is 17 and a half months old. And we're headed back towards midfield with a children's department. That's about to hit 200 for children's church. That's right. Because we're we are going to give the devil the worst kick in the no-nos that he's ever had. The devil will not write the final chapter of American history. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ will write that final chapter in Jesus name. If you believe it, can you shout amen? Yeah. Praise God. Man, I'm excited. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, First Chronicles chapter 29, we're going to give you a chance to Bring your tithes and sow seed, but before you do, I'd like to teach you some things I was never taught in 18 years of growing up in church. The totality of the revelation on giving I received in 18 years of church attendance was the brethren are coming to receive the offering. So I'd like to do a little better than that. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 1. Then King David, who was King David? He was a lot of things. But everybody say this, a man after God's own heart. So, you know, when you find out these guys are men after God's own heart or whatever, then the Bible gives you secrets into their lives of why God felt differently about them than he felt about other people. And I know that if you come here from another church, this is going to go cross-grain of a lot of things you've been taught. God likes everybody the same. If you think God likes everybody the same... You must have bought a Bible with Acts chapter 5 ripped out, with Ananias and Sapphira. There's things people did that ticked God off, Old Testament and New Testament, and there's things people did that provoked God's favor. Yes, everyone has the same grace and favor available to them, but there's things you do to access it. Paul said that we not frustrate the grace of God. There's things you can do to frustrate the grace of God. If I go out of this church and kill three people, as they arrest me and try me for capital murder, I can lecture them on God's grace all I want. My life's going to turn out differently than if I did not do those things. There's actions people take that provoke blessing, and there's actions people take that provoke a curse. So what did David do that provoked a blessing? Now, I'll tell you this, not that I'm anything great, but I will tell you this. If you admire, if you're watching online and you've admired anything about this ministry, I saw a bunch of pastors that wrote, I'd love to give a car like that away one day. Yeah. Now, think of this. Several years ago, I went from not having a car, not able to afford any car. Right, Jenny? Her husband, God spoke to him before he was saved. I told that story. He gave me a car. I was an evangelist. I had no car. My car got smashed at a red light. So how do you go from that to giving cars away, nice cars, and not feeling it? You know, it was, it, was, it was like buying a sweater for somebody. It actually would have hurt me more financially to buy a sweater 12 years ago than it did to buy that car uh, on behalf of the ministry for Abraham. So what's the secret? I'm going to tell you the, the secret right here. King David turned to the entire assembly and said, My son Solomon, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. The work ahead of him is enormous. For the temple he will build is not for mere mortals, It is for the Lord God Himself. Using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple of my God. Now there's enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, and wood, as well as great quantities of onyx, other precious stones, costly jewels, and all kinds of fine stone and marble. Verse 3. And now because of my affection for the temple of my God, That's a word you don't use much anymore. That's like Victorian English. You don't tell your wife, I have such affection for you. You should try it. It would help your marriage to use words like that. Say the word with me. Say affection. David said, because of my affection for the temple of my God, what have I done? Danced? Sung? No. I'm giving. Now notice, he said in verses 1 and 2, I collected from all the kings, all the people, and many ministers, that's all they do. They know how to collect money from other people to do the work, like politicians. Politicians spend other people's money. You hold fundraisers to do work, but if you check their records, I mean, I'm not going to say people's names because then then people get mad that are allied to one party or whatever, but I'm I'm talking multi-million dollar politicians that on their tax forms, Their total charitable giving is like under $100, $310, $600, and they took in like $7 million, and that's just what's on the books. God knows what's in the offshore accounts, but we'll continue with the offering message. So, a lot of people, they actually never give anything, they just collect and give. David did both. I'm doing, I do both. I'm doing one of them right now. I'm giving the people an opportunity to give. But then David said, now that all you have given, let me just say, because of my affection for the temple of my God, I have emptied my own private treasury. I'm giving all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. This is in addition to the building materials I've already collected for the holy temple. I'm donating 112 tons of gold what's gold an ounce about 21 something an ounce times 16 is a pound times 2,000 is a ton times 112 is 100 so it's it's about five it fluctuates i haven't done the calculations in about a month but it's like 5.7 5.2 6.1 billion dollars that david gave okay i'm not going to get to build this temple he could have just easily said, well, the Lord said there's too much blood on my hand. So best of luck, son. God bless you. No, though I can't do it. I want to give to make this happen. Now, what happened when he made God's house his priority? Who are we still talking about in Pittsburgh? There was no Pittsburgh when David did this. Who else are we talking about from, from, uh, 1000 BC? Just every, I mean, he's going to be mentioned 10,000 times across America today. David. You just mentioned your first name. Everybody knows who you're talking about. He made a legacy. His logo is still on the flag of Israel. The top hotel in Jerusalem is still the King David Hotel. He's still considered their king. What you make happen for God's house, God makes happen for your house. I told you two Sundays ago that God wanted to destroy. He got angry and wanted to destroy in the Old Testament. And he said... But because of my servant David, I won't destroy them. Do you know David had been dead over 300 years when God said that? So there was stored up favor for the family. I'm surprised we have more than eight people in our church. Because Americans like curse and demons and bloodline curses. And we're going to have a week and talk about generational curses. They love talking the curse. But did you know the Bible shows you that there's also something called the blessing? And that you can take steps to secure that blessing, not just for your life. The curse is to the fourth generation, but the blessing goes to a thousand generations. I see you and your family changing courses today in the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe it, can you say amen? So some people have a heart for God. Some people, I'm not talking about sinners. I'm talking in church. Some people, there's nothing that moves God that moves them. Best of luck. The Samaritans on the side of the road or, or the, uh, the, the beat up man's on the side of the road. I'll cross to the other side. Sorry, you're having problems bleeding. I have my own life. But if you will ever let yourself get infected, I don't know when it happened to me. But at some point I got infected with a love for God's kingdom. And I'm not trying to beat an offering out of you when I say what I'm about to say. I remember being 13 and then needed to take an offering for the church. My dad was not the pastor. It was not our church. We just attended you know, we need 70000 for a roof. And then it t- took like three years for the money to come in. Well, you'd go to dinner parties, and people were talking about remodeling their kitchen for the third time with a marble backsplash that we had from Sicily. So I remember at 13 thinking, I think all of you are a bunch of liars. Lord, I'll give you anything. I love you. except any, I'll give you everything except anything I have. And then if they do, it's just a little change. It, they, they pay the world and tip God. David didn't say, I'm going to give some of my, I'm going to give one gold bar to the temple. I'm not telling you to empty your bank account, but I've tried to role model as your pastor that you don't have to be a billionaire to sow a million dollars. How do you, how are you Amazon and you give a hundred thousand for hurricane relief? You should be ashamed. If I was in charge of hurricane relief, I'd send it back to him in the shape of a paper airplane and say, send another check when you're serious. How are you a multi-billion dollar company you send a hundred thousand dollars? All your, you know, I went to a pirates game one time and, uh, they, they had, I won't say the denomination cause it wouldn't matter. It could be any denomination. It was that denomination's night and they proudly presented a check for the hungry in the city for $17,100 and they announced on the PA system. This is, repra- this is a gift from the 183 churches of this city that are in the denomination. Do the math on that. Then people want well, I give. What do you give? Have you ever given out of truly being moved in your heart? Not by need. I want to see God's kingdom advance in my generation. It's interesting the different decisions people make. Friday night I did something I've never done before. There were seven teenagers... And I felt to bless them. I was going to pray for them, and the Lord said, bless them. I don't know what their background is, but I, gave, I had it on me. I didn't know if I had it on me. I gave each of them a $100 bill. They said, thank you. First time in church, I found out later. And so who knows what the Lord was doing. Maybe they heard all those guys do is want your money or whatever. So then to do that, it flips it around. All of them came to the altar to get saved, which was like 40 minutes later, which I wasn't doing it for that. They could have ran out right after that. I was just doing what the Lord told me. Never done it in 21 years. Then we received the offering at the end. And I noticed one of the teenagers come down with his $100 bill and a tear in his eye and put it in the offering. And I thought, I would would keep a mark on that kid. That kid's going somewhere. Because what happens? 10 lepers, didn't I heal 10 lepers? Why is only this one coming back to tell me thanks? And the Bible says the other ones got healed, but that leper got restored when he left. Why? Because of a decision. I'm going to give God my praise and acknowledge him that he's the author of every good and perfect gift in my life. So I wanted to say this, and then we're going to receive the offering that I received this voice memo on my Instagram from somebody in Angola who's in her twenties. You would be amazed because I know I've, I've had people tell me, you know, when your church grows this fast and people come from all different backgrounds, where do they get all the money for that? Where did that money come from? Okay, so I'm going to answer where the money comes from. You know, I would tell you it comes from the open windows of heaven, but you would think that's just preacher talk. So if you think that I need, first of all, everything we had as a church we had before we ever had one Sunday service. True or false? And the salary I had is the same as before we ever had a church. So I'm saying this because people don't believe there's a such thing as a supernatural flow of money. But this was a message I got. Now, this young lady, when you hear what she talks about, I edited her name out. She said it it looks on the surface like everything was going well. She just got accepted into Harvard Business School from Africa. If you followed her on Instagram, she's doing flying business class. Everything looks great. How does all this money come in? Here's just one story. Go ahead and roll it.
3: Um uh, Pastor Jonathan. I just wanted to say that I've been following my long sermons, and it really has impacted my life. Um, the last few months have not been easy, even though it looks like it has been, but uh, just three weeks ago, I actually tried to take my own life because it was just such a dark, dark time, and I'm still feeling very, very dark over the last few months. I just started listening to your sermons. It's all that I listen to, and slowly, but slowly, i I, I mean, it, it's all I listen to. I don't, I, I even stopped working for the last few weeks, actually. Yeah, I own a diamond mine, and we started producing diamonds last month. Um, in our first two trials, we've already got a few solid carrots going, and um, I'm hoping that by November, I would have... S- sufficient carrots and uh, enough to be able to do really big sales. I'm working with some buyers in New York and I just want to say that my first cash in from this mine, it's going into your ministry and your work. And I, and I really hope that it would be over a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars that I can give into your ministry and into you personally because even though I haven't met you, your ministry has really touched my life. I just wanted to thank you and Dallas for such a great ministry. And if you could just keep me in prayer. There's been a lot of witchcraft that I found in my home with pentagrams. And they've taken my hair. And this country is just full of witchcraft. And I really think it's playing with my mind. But that's why I keep listening to your messages. And um I know that God has a... A big plan for my life, especially one to be wealth, uh, uh, wealthy and a blessing to others and to the uh, his ministry uh, into the kingdom, to be a kingdom financier.
0: That lady, is that moving or not? That lady may never attend this church, but sees it being built in another country and asks God at her young age, what can I do at a significant level to do it? No one has to do that. If no one gave one penny ever again, nothing we're doing would even slow down. And I know you've heard pastors say the opposite. Without your giving, we can't do it. That's a slap in the face to God. If God runs out of people to praise him, the rocks cry out. If God doesn't have people to give, ravens will bring it. Baltimore ravens, actual ravens, doesn't make a difference. A gold coin in a fish's mouth. My giving and our church's giving is what produces Our harvest. That's why we get messages like that. Because the Lord sees what you make happen for others, God makes happen for you. And many of you could testify, and many of you that can't right now will testify. When you start making the advancement of God's kingdom practically a priority, the money, see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that's so great. That woman that dropped off the million-dollar check a couple weeks ago, she doesn't go to our church. She doesn't live in our state. She flew here from out of state to drop off a million dollars. See, if you don't get that revelation, I live in a poor area. We don't really have people that have that kind of resources. God is not limited to man's resources. He owns all the silver and all the gold, the cattle on a thousand hills, and the thousand hills that they eat on. And when you plug in, seek ye first, not second, not after you get your mortgage paid off, not after you're debt free. Seek ye first the advancement of my kingdom. And my righteousness. And when you do, all the see all these other things people are trying to get, I'll add them unto you. We presented that card to Abraham yesterday. You know, I had three of the baggage handlers contact me about coming to this church. Yeah, I won't mention the sports teams that they do private jets for. They said, you know, what they give us for a tip a signed hockey puck. I won't say what team, but it's one of one of the hockey teams. That, Signed baseball. Yeah, load 40 guys' luggage onto a plane. They give them a signed baseball. Nothing. Then they say, you come as a preacher. You know, we send a catered meal to the airport once a month for all the employees working in the heat. You know why? Because if you, I tell you the truth. If Abraham ran off with that car during the service, I'd give him gas money. Nobody owes me anything, but I owe God everything. And when I put him first, he finds a way to get the strength. (laughs) Can I tell you something? There's some of you today that it feels like money has a way of running away. Money is going to start running in the other direction. You're not going to be out looking for money. Money's going to be out looking for you. Because if God can find a man that puts him first, all the other things that people are selling their souls to get, I'll add it unto you. If you receive that, go ahead and do what you're already doing. Put those anointed hands together. Give Jesus Christ the biggest hand clap. All right? You have an offering envelope in your seat? RevivalToday.com, if you're watching online, you want to do what our friend in Angola did? Please don't ever be an ignorant American. Why don't they preach that stuff in Africa? The African church's wealth dwarfs the American church's wealth. They're buying the jets that the CEOs in America are selling. So, the gospel works everywhere everywhere that's why every communist nation has to make it their first order of business to ban the bible and ban the preaching of god's word Because to be a communist or a socialist, A, they have to make you feel like a victim. There's this thing against you that without the help of the government, you can't fight. But you know what the Bible tells you? If God is for you, nobody can be against you. And God is for you. He proved it by sending his only son, Jesus. And if you come into covenant with him, there's no man that can block who God has blessed. RevivalToday.com. Click give now. Sorry, if you get excited. Hallelujah. There will be many people in this congregation that buy cars for other people. Oh, by the way, here's another thing I'm going to do. When I was in Texas two weeks ago, you know, and I'm not trying to take so much time on this. I try to find the secrets of people who God liked in the Bible. What did David do? What did Job do? Job was the richest man in the East. He said, when the secret of the Lord was on my tabernacle, I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. What does that mean to be feet to the lame? If I was a proper pastor, there would be no people with wheelchairs in this congregation. There wouldn't have been in the book of Acts church. I have a friend. Holy moly. That was like a book of Exodus sneeze. I'm glad it's 2023 because if it was 2020, that would have cleared the auditorium out. There I saying before that 140 decibel sneeze my equilibrium slightly off yeah so you know our mini- our family was friends with a minister he started a church and it went to 1100 in a year there was nobody with a hearing aid in the church or death he'd pass an offering plate every once in a while and say everybody put your hearing aids in this guy was he's still alive I went to go see him one time he was preaching I don't know if I told this story he was different. He wouldn't even open his eyes when he preached. just squint the whole time. So he's in the middle of preaching, full suit, and he goes, Yep, Lord. Yep, I'll do it. Puts the microphone down, runs to the back of the platform, and jumps in the baptismal tank, fully clothed. You know, Pentecostal people are willing to put up with a lot, but even that for a Pentecostal's is like. So the crowd's looking like, this guy's nuts. And then as they're waiting to see why he did that, a 25-year-old man from the back came down the aisle crying and knelt down at the platform and gave his life to Jesus. He was a backslidden preacher's kid that was watching this guy work in the word of knowledge, calling people out. And he said to his friend, if God's really speaking to him, have God tell him that I him to jump in the baptismal tank. And at that second, he went, all right, Lord, I'll do it. And he went and jumped in the baptismal tank and the guy got so convicted because he realized the God I've been mocking as a preacher's kid really got saved. So... I should have, there should be no wheelchairs. I'm believing there will be no wheelchairs. But in the meantime, for Jose and my, my pilot friend here, we're getting the top wheelchair available, and I'd have it for you today, but they have to get your weight and fit you custom so that you will be the most comfortable of anybody in a wheelchair anywhere, because I love you. I don't think you missed the service. Jose, I love you. I'm in a giving mood. Do you know how much we gave last year? Our budget was $7 million, and it ended up being $14.8 million in expenses because on Sundays like this, I got happy and started flinging money around to the tune of almost $10 million extra. And way more than that came in. Because you can't outgive God. You think God's up in heaven right now going, okay, you just gave away a car, go easy on the wheelchairs because we're... No, no, no. God's not the Federal Reserve. He knows how to manage resources can you say amen Amen. all right hold your seat up before the lord if you're giving by phone hold your phone up if you gave by desktop computer at home hold your entire desktop computer up before the lord thank you father for a 100-fold return on every seat thank you for for the land that you've given us thank you for the clearing of the land and the permits and the roads the laying of the foundation. Thank you that when we turn the key on that big, beautiful building, we'll be debt free because you said you'll make us the lender only and thou shalt not borrow. We believe your word. We receive your word by faith. I love you. I love your church. I love your people. Thank you for using us as a ministry. Continue to expand our reach. To do maximum damage to the kingdom of hell before the rapture. In Jesus name. Everybody said? That's a great song. Go ahead and sing, guys. Go ahead and receive the offering. besides me feel the presence of God in there? You can can feel when the Lord's pleased about something. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just lift your hands before you're seated. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray every person and every family would have a tangible encounter with the Holy Ghost today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Somebody did fentanyl for the last time. Somebody's last trip to rehab will be the last trip you ever take to rehab. Somebody will never go back to prison again. You're going to go up from here. You think you can get up early, get dressed, come to God's house, and God not reward you? He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Yeah, let me hear that. I expect a miracle today. Thanks, Brother Tony. You're in the flow. Everybody lift your hands. Let's sing it.
2: I expect a miracle.
0: we pray, I want you to be seated and grab your Bibles. Open them to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Daniel chapter 3, verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall, nine feet wide, set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. I thought you were staying back, Devin. Weren't you not going to be here today? You did a great great job. The sound's perfect. Probably could have told you after, but I wanted to tell you now. Sorry, little ADD kicking it. Then a herald shouted out, People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshiped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree... Also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you've put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods, and they do not worship the gold statue you have set up, the original Cairns. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I've set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I've made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse to obey, you'll be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, We don't need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, O majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, we will never serve your gods and we will never worship the gold statue you set up. I know human nature, I can't prove it, but you can't disprove it. Because we're let me me, answer me this question: Were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego the only Jewish people in Babylon? No, there were tons of them. So why were there only three that stood? Because the other ones were, hey, God knows your heart. You know, God doesn't expect you to go in the furnace. You know, He expects you. You can do more for God outside of a furnace than burned alive, bro. (laughs) God is a God of principle. He pays attention to where you stand. He pays attention to where you sit he pays attention to everything i was telling the church in texas i've told uh i've told you this before i believe in one of the services but i remember this because now i realize it was spiritual one day in in public high school they had aids awareness day they had two sorority girls come from the university of maine at orono and teach our us uh, take over our u.s history class and talk to us about safe sex and sex so i'm standing there with 50 you know 49 of my classmates And they said, some people think you guys are going to be abstinent till you're married, but we all know that's not going to happen. Then they go, okay, wait a minute. Everybody stand on this side of the room. So we all stood on that side of the room. I was, I was 16. And they said, uh, okay, well, just to make a point, if anybody is planning on not having sex till you're married, lift your hand and go walk to the other side of the room. Well, I was used to doing that. That's called an altar call. So I lifted my hand maintained eye contact with them, and walked to the other side of the room. But during while I stood there, I thought as my face turned beet red. You know, I get ticked off talking about it 30 years later. Why do I got to tell my sexual choices at a U.S. history class? They should be glad they had 16-year-old me because 42-year-old me has a lawyer and would have thrown an eraser at them. Amen. So I went across to the other side, but I thought for a second, well, you know, God knows my heart. God doesn't expect me to embarrass myself, but I knew if I stood there, and jellyfished out. It would set a tone for my life. And what I had to do that day in class, you've had to do with the oil field. You've had to do with your family. got go to chase you go to, go to, to go All the time. <laughs> you notice the devil doesn't make you bow down to him and slit a goat's neck out in the woods to go to hell. All he has to get you to do is be a weak, pacified, shut up. Why do you Christians have to tell everybody about Jesus? Why can't you keep your religion to yourself? Because it's against our religion to keep our religion to ourselves. <laughs> Jesus ordered us, go and tell everybody I'm alive. So the devil doesn't mind if there's 100 million Christians in America. Because he can get them to sound like seven 13 people because they've all been told be quiet turn the other cheek the devil wants you know like two verses be kind turn the other cheek first of all you only have four cheeks once you turn those you're free amen there's more verses than turn the other cheek and there is from genesis to revelation a standard in the bible that righteousness is not weakness yes we're to be kind we are kind. But when it comes to some foreign entity, I'm not talking about foreigners or a racial things. I'm talking about a foreign god, demonic influence, telling you to bow and keep your mouth shut. And you're not to have any say in culture or in politics or, or, or in anything. Just be quiet, go to church, and mind your business. That is not Bible Christianity. Bible Christianity turns the world upside down by... boldly boldly and fearlessly proclaiming the word of God to a new generation. And I'm happy to report that you are seeing the tide turning heavily in America right now. For everybody that sold America down the river during the lockdown, it's over, America's bowed, and the church is weak. The Texas Rangers refused to have a gay pride night all of June. Did you know that? Do you know why they did This is what we're going to talk about tonight, because of the power of one person who stands. Jacob deGrom, one of their pitchers. They didn't realize he had written it into his contract that if the Texas Rangers ever have a pride night while he's a player, they have to immediately pay him out his full contract and release him to go play on another team. So a Christian said, two can play at this game. You want a pressure from the wicked side? We can do it from the righteous side. And I'm happy to see that America is having a strong breed of new generation Christians rise up. that say, we're not going to bow. We're not going to kiss the face of Baal. We will stand on the word of God. We're probably sitting at, you know, somewhere between seven and 800 people today. So I'm not making myself out to be, or this church out to be anything great, but this is a miracle in the Northeast of the United States after 17 months. You know, all we did as a church is decide to not placate You know, they teach you as a pastor, like like people are just a bunch of weak people. You know, somebody can't really listen to the Bible for more than seven or eight minutes. You shouldn't use more than one verse and shouldn't have them go to church. You know, people only go about 1.9 services a month. I decided that if that kind of Christian exists... We're not building a church for lukewarm Christians. We're going to put out and ring a bell and have a clarion call to see if there's still people in Pittsburgh and West Virginia and Ohio and Canada and all over the world that say, I don't want vanilla, weak Christianity. I want the Holy Ghost and fire. I want with Shadrach, Meshach, and I'm proud to report we have an auditorium full and ever growing of families of black people, white people, Puerto Rican, Everybody that makes up their mind, we will not bow to Baal. We will not kiss his face. We are the church of the living God. If you're a part of that army, let Jesus hear your hand clap. Somebody let out a shout of victory. Say it so the devil can hear you. I will not bow. You can almost feel an emergency board meeting being called in hell. As $10 trillion of World Economic Forum money has failed. Public school indoctrination. Every third commercial. And they can't stop the growth of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, if God's done this in a year and a half, I can't wait to see what happens from here. Because i got news for you as the pastor. With all we've seen up until now, all this is is addition. And very soon we're about to go to multiplication. Where the devil's not going to know what hit him. It's going to be one jab. It's going to be jab after cross, after uppercut, after kick to the sternum. Because Jesus is the head of the church. And he said, I will build my church. Not I'll try. I will build my church. Can <laughs> I tell you something? That's why I'm bringing these men over here. You know, Dag Haywood Mills, when he started to build the church and they got to like 800 or thousand, he went to his church on Monday to go to work and it was leveled, no building. And the men that were there, he said, who ordered this? Was it the city council? Did jihadists do it? They said it came from the top, the prime minister. We're leveling your church, and if you keep preaching, we'll level you. So, what did he do? Move to Chicago? Move to Texas? Move to Florida? We're under very. No, 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 no. Set up in the open. That's what these people don't understand. They tried to get us evicted from 107. Rainbow flag church, taking pictures of how many people we have and turn us into the city. Then follow us across to here and try to get us kicked out of here. But what they don't understand is, you could seize this church's bank account. You could seize my plane. You could seize everything you want. We would go meet in a field and have more people than we do here, because Jesus is at the back of the growth of the church. You didn't start it. You can't stop it. You cannot stop a tidal wave, and this church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, is getting rolling right now. I don't hear anybody in here. Continuing with this morning's reading. <laughs> Daniel 3. It's hard to read this passage and not have what was in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego jump in you. That's what's happening. This, this, this message this morning is impartation. The next time the devil tries to touch you, there's going to be a lion on the inside of you. They go, no, I don't go there. I don't touch that. I don't watch that. I don't try it. It feels good when you do it. Hey, we're all going to no. Watch the we part. I'm not. Hey, want to go out where? We're going to see. Well, until you see, I'm not coming. Tell me where it is. I'm not a dummy. I'm not. am not a sheep getting led around to the slaughter. I'm on a mission for God. Can you see? And when you get on a mission for God, remember last week we announced the 24 ministries this church, is, this church has already. For you to get plugged into? When you get on a mission for God, it's easy to avoid temptation. There's no time. If Satan was waiting for me in the parking lot, i Jonathan, come here. I have a plan. I cannot come. I don't have time. But look at all I have. I'm sure it's very nice. I don't have time. I'm scheduled on a mission for Jesus. That's what I've been trying for 18 months my best. And I'll do a better job at it of preaching to 55 plus and youth and young adults. We're not trying to get you to have faithful attendance. That'll come with it, that's that's easy. Nobody's gonna get on a mission for God and have spotty church attendance. Our young adults group doesn't meet and keep each other in prayer. They've held three outreaches at secular universities and preach crusades on, on university stages to call young people to repentance, get them delivered from alcohol and delivered from drugs. This church is a mission with soldiers. Some of you have been going to church longer than I've been on earth. Yeah, you keep hearing the word, as do I. But the time you sign up for a sports team, it's not all practice and no games. There's training. Then you go out and knock the devil around and set captives free and heal the sick And cast out devils. That is the mission of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not the church. We're not the church. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, the last six months of this year, the devil's not going to know what hit him. He's going to take it from all sides. If you believe it, shout amen. That's the Texas Rangers. During June. Starbucks during June. Their regional managers ordered their owners, to take down all their gay pride displays. Yeah, you think America's far, far gone? It's so not far gone that corporations are starting to realize World Economic Forum money or not. You know what they underestimated? They think American people are stupid, but they're not stupid. That's why I don't talk to you like you're stupid. We don't meet here on Sunday and I go, now everybody turn to Genesis. Like They don't even talk to the kids like that in kids' church. Anybody see the picture of Adolis doing children's church? I don't know if she was teaching. She had a map of Israel up. And all the kids were taking notes. Whatever whatever happened to wheat thins and grape juice? What happened to the flannel graph? No. They think the American people are stupid. They think they can just put a couple commercials on and get everybody to start eating crickets. Beyond beef tastes just like beef. You know what else tastes just like Beef. Beef. We shove it back in hell. Nobody wants it. They can't get anybody to buy it. McDonald's had to take it off all their menus. Nobody's buying it. Everybody's going to have electric cars. No, we're not. Keep talking. I'll go buy a 2002 Hummer that gets minus miles to the gallon. That runs out of gas on the way out of sheets. You can't control people. And that's why they fail. It'll take the rapture to scare people enough to get in line with the Antichrist system. Because God can't even control people. God created people to be free moral agents. He couldn't control Adam and Eve. They went against him. So I don't care how much money they have. People are created in the image of God and they're not stupid. That's why they're trying to get everybody on drugs. That's why there's free marijuana. They want you to be stupid. They want you to be over-medicated and high and drunk. So that you just go, hey bro, did you hear they're locking us down again? They told me if I don't go to work, they're going to send me $800. But then when people get the Holy Ghost in them, and they're not drunk with wine. And they're not intoxicated. They have their right mind, and they have the mind of Christ. That's why they hate. That's why to do everything they did in 2020, the first thing they put their crosshairs on is no assembling of yourselves together to hear the Word of God. Get everybody isolated. Pump fear through the TV 24 hours a day. But with all that that they did, here we are, unmasked. No six feet distance. It all failed. And it will all continue to fail. Because the devil's not running the show. The power of God is still the supreme entity on planet earth. (laughs) Last week, the National Hockey League, based in Canada. Canada would make Portland, Oregon seem conservative. And the National Hockey League banned any pride nights going forward at the board of governor level. They said it's causing too much controversy. I'm telling you right now, Some of you that have been going to this church and following our ministry. What did Dr. Rodney prophesy when he got arrested? He saw a vision of a dark cloud over the whole earth. And God said, see, that's this attack of the devil against this planet. Then a hand appeared and wiped it all away. And he said, see, now my hand is removing it all. And the church will have one more window to preach the gospel, win the lost, heal the sick, heal broken families, heal broken children. That's what we're doing. If you believe it, can you shout yes? Yes. You feel like this is more of an organ than a piano message? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, I'll go organ. Daniel 3. Even if he doesn't. Was that unbelief? No. Our God will deliver us. That's faith. Th- that he, but even if he doesn't. No, it, that's called trust. That's I'd rather burn in this furnace... Then bow to your God. Just so you know, our God will deliver us. But even if he didn't, I'd have you happily throw me in. You're going to see something here that's going to give you some faith. Because it'll show you how scared the forces of darkness are against the believer. By the way, these men were 17. Maybe 15. That's why we have a strong youth group. We're not telling you wait till you're 40 to start serving the Lord. There's things to seize now in your youth. All the adults that try it when you're 17, like, they take it easy. Don't take it easy. Take your youthful enthusiasm and throw it headlong into the into the task that God gives you. Can you say Amen? Yeah, you won't regret it. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. anybody ever do that to your mother? He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. What What did Nebuchadnezzar say? If you don't bow, you'll burn. But what's the actual truth? If you do bow, all those men had bowed, and the fire killed them. But if you don't bow, say out loud, if I won't bow, I, won't bow. I, can't burn. I can't burn. You just saw it, 2020 through 2022, the nonstop threatenings of evil men who work for Satan. So if right-wing watch is watching, make sure you spell my name right evil men who work for Satan. Did we get the Epstein client list yet? Then shut up, amen. Yeah, they do it, work for Satan. Demonize people with their crosshairs on the church. But did they ever have power to stop anybody? It was just threat after threat, after threat, after threat. People gonna shut their churches down in America because they were being dragged into jail. We were going to stay open, but we started to get some really nasty Facebook comments. Okay. Wow. Listening to you, it's like the Bible coming to life. The devil doesn't have to touch most people. Just a threat. The whole Israelite army would not face Goliath because of his threatenings. No one ever fought him. It's not like David got on the battlefield and they said, hey, listen, don't fight him. He's already killed 111 of us. He kills three of us a day. We've sent our three best guys out every day. They took out all three. So like, chill. No one ever fought him. He said, he's big. And that's the difference if you go to this church than if you're just a conservative. We need to make people aware of what they're planning. I'm not here to make people aware. If the devil was smart, he'd start thinking about what I'm planning. Because the greater one is not in there. The greater one is in me and the greater one lives in you. Say it out loud. If I won't bow, I, won't bow I, can't burn. I can't burn. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious. He threw them in, bound them. Why do you have to tie people up that you're thrown into a fire? That should let you know you're somebody special. It's like putting troops to guard a tomb. Right then, you know that's not a regular guy in there. Hey, seal him in the tomb and then put soldiers outside. For what? Casey comes out. Okay, I quit. I did not sign up for that. Sounds like some Scooby Doo stuff. But suddenly, everyone say suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors Did we not tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. Smelled like brute going in, smelled like brute going out. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise, listen to this, this is powerful. Who said it? Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb. First of all, I'm not a psychologist, but this Nebuchadnezzar guy has some anger issues. Take it easy. He it seven times hotter. Okay, never mind. Tear anybody. Hey, how about some ice cream? And their houses will be. Okay, he's not done. I'm sorry. They'll be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. Interesting guy. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted, everybody say promoted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. A little history lesson. Nebuchadnezzar was conquering countries left and right, like a real life game of risk. And every country he conquered, he collected their idols and gods and had them placed at his feet around his throne to signify that he's the most high. And so when he found out there were three Jews who wouldn't bow to his God, he said, I've dealt with people like you before. you you got your little statue, your little pendant that you wear. If you don't bow to my God, the statue I made, I'm going to kill you. So I'll give you one more chance. Notice the devil can't make you bow. He can only give you more chances. Isn't it interesting how many of you, the Sunday after you came to the altar to get saved, had a text message from your old boyfriend. Somebody inviting you out that night to go drink. Hey, I was just thinking of you today. Oh, thank you, Lucifer. Nice to hear from you. They can't make you drink. They can't tie you down and pour it down your throat. They, can't, they don't buy the fentanyl for you and put it in your mouth or inject it into you. No. They just keep giving you opportunities. But today, a power, there's some of you that every time the devil gives you a second chance, you've caved. You have two good weeks, then six bad weeks. But I prophesy in the name of Jesus that from today that what was in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the next time you're given a second chance, you're going to tell Nebuchadnezzar what they told him. You can take that second chance and put it where you found it. I will never bow to your God. And lastly, they said they want to bow. They threw him in. Nebuchadnezzar, I've conquered every God there is. There's nobody like me. But he didn't realize that God is not a God among many gods. He brags about himself all through the Bible. I am the most high. And above me, there is no other, and beside me, there's nobody else. He's the most high. He fills all in all. He has no beginning, He has no end. He's not like Egyptian gods that they're the sun god and they get their power from the sun and give life to, oh no, I am. I made the sun. I was here before there was a universe. I'll be there at the end when there's nothing else. I am God, and above me, there's none like me. When, she- when you get convinced of that, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or, oh, no, I didn't join a religion. I didn't join a church. That's the next thing the devil will work on. Oh, you joined a cult. Are you allowed to leave cults? No. Try to leave here. We'll give you like a fruit basket on the way out. If you lock your keys in your car, we'll call AAA and help you out. Everybody's free to come. Everybody's free to go. We don't curse people when they leave. We don't say manipulative statements. People who leave this church are going to find out what happens when they're on the side of Interstate 79 with a broken tire. No, we don't say stuff like that. Free to come, free to go. In a call. This, is Jesus. this is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. People ask you what kind of church this is. Tell them a Christian Bible preaching church. I'm sorry we've come to the day in America where if you believe what the Bible says, you're a cult. And if you do what the Bible says, you're a cult leader. But I'm not going to back down. We're not playing church. We're a soul winning, (laughs) praying for the sick, Bible preaching church. (laughs) Nebuchadnezzar found something out. That that God was not like the other gods. He turned around. How many men did we throw in there? Three, your majesty. I see four men. And the fourth looks like the son of God. The Bible is not a storybook. Every book of the Bible points you to one person. What's his name? Jesus. A brief 66-point message before we close on Jesus in every book of the Bible. In Genesis, he's the creator and promised redeemer. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the high priest. In Numbers, he's water in the desert, cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the one who became a curse for us. In Joshua, he's captain of the Lord's army in Judges he delivers us from injustice in Ruth he's our kinsman redeemer first Samuel all in one prophet priest and king Second Samuel, king of grace and love. First Kings, a ruler greater than Solomon. Second Kings, the powerful prophet. First Chronicles, son of David that's coming to rule. Second Chronicles, the king who reigns eternally. Ezra, the priest proclaiming freedom. Nehemiah, the one who restores the broken down wall of culture. Esther, our Mordecai and protector of the people. Can you say amen? Job, mediator between God and man. Psalms are praise and song of victory. Proverbs, wisdom. Ecclesiastes our meaning for life. Song of Solomon, author of faithful love. Isaiah, he's Christ the healer. Jeremiah, the weeping Messiah. Lamentation, he assumes God's wrath for us. Ezekiel, the four-faced man. Daniel, the stranger in the fire with us. I I don't want to skip that. Jesus was nowhere to be found when they were getting thrown in the fire. You know, I'm facing a lot right now. Where's God? Walk in it and watch what happens. He's waiting for you in the fire. Go forward. I said, go forward. He'll turn that furnace into an air-conditioned unit. If you believe it, can you say amen? If this chair breaks, so be it. All right, good. I didn't have that much barbecue. Every furnace you're facing this week, every fiery furnace the devil's been hanging over your head, Jesus is waiting there for you. You're going to find out it does not have power to harm you in Jesus' name. If you believe it, can you say amen? In Hosea, the faithful husband, even when we run away. In Joel, he's sending his spirit to his people. And Amos, he's our burden bearer. Obadiah, mighty to save. Jonah, the greatest missionary. Micah, he casts our sin into the sea of forgetfulness. Nahum, the avenger of God's own elect. Habakkuk, the evangelist crying to revive thy work in the midst of the years. Zephaniah, the warrior who saves. Haggai, the great restorer. Zechariah, the one who prophesies a Messiah pierced for us and the fountain of life opened up to heal us of all disease. Malachi, the son of righteousness who brings healing. Matthew, the Messiah and king. Mark, the wonder-working God. Wonder-working God. Blind eye opener, deaf ear healer. Leper cleanser. Luke, the Messiah, who's a deliverer. John, the word made flesh. I like this Jesus Acts the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and the unconquerable head of the church Romans the righteousness of God who destroyed sin's power over us 1 Corinthians the power and the love of God 2 Corinthians the down payment of what's to come Galatians, the redeemer from the curse of the law. Ephesians, the head of the church. Philippians, the provider of all our needs, according to his riches and glory. Colossians, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. First Thessalonians, our comfort in the last days. Second Thessalonians, our returning king. First Timothy, Savior of the worst sinners. Savior of the worst sinners. Second Timothy leader of the leaders, Titus, our faithful pastor, Philemon, our friend who sticks closer than a brother, Hebrews, our high priest, the blood of the everlasting covenant. James, the great physician. First Peter, our hope in times of suffering. Second Peter, the one who shall soon appear. First John, destroyer of the work of the devil. Second John, God in the flesh. Third John, total salvation. Brethren, I would above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Jude, the one who's coming soon with ten thousands of his saints. Revelation. King of kings, Lord of lords, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. The one who's coming again to make all things new. Stay on your feet. That's the best I can do. But somebody beat me. His name's S.M. Lockridge. He's in heaven. Take it away, Brother Lockridge. Loud. Loud.
1: king was born king. The Bible says he's a seven-way king. He's a king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He's a king of Israel. That's a national king. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. Now that's my king. Well, I wonder if you know him. Do you know him? Don't try to mislead me. Do you know my king? David said the heavens declare the glory of God and the front showeth it his handiwork. My king is the only one for whom there are no means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope. Can bring into visibility the coastline of his soul and supply. No barriers can hinder him from owing all his blessing, Well, well, he's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's impurely powerful. And he's impartially merciful. That's my key. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's a centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He's august. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. Well, he's the lostest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in high criticism. He's a fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. And that's my king. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call it. And well, he's he, the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously for the weak. He's available for the captive and the pride. He sympathizes and he saves. He's starved on and he dies. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges death. He delivers the captive. He defends the thieves. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards. Open. his promise is sure, his life is matchless, his goodness is limitless, his mercy is everlasting, his love never changes, his word is enough, his grace is sufficient, his reign is righteous, his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. Well, I wish I could describe him to you, but he's he's indescribable, indescribable. yeah, he's incomprehensible, he's invincible, he's irresistible, I'm trying to tell you, the heavens of heavens cannot contain him, let alone a man explaining, you can't get him out of your mouth, you can't get him off of your hands, you can't out live him, and you can't live without him, well! Couldn't stand him. But they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilots couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. That's my game. Yay! He always has been. And he always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor, and he'll have no successor. There was nobody before him, and there'll be nobody after him. You take him. teach him, and he's not gonna resign. That's my... That's my. Time, time is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory. The power belongs to my king. we around here talking about black power and white power and green power. But it's God's power. Thine is the power. Yeah. And the glory. we finally to get prestige and honor and glory for ourselves. But the glory is all of his. Yeah. Thine is the kingdom and the power The glory forever and ever and ever and ever. How long is that? And ever and ever and ever and ever. And when you get through with all of the forever, believe
0: That's what all this is for. That's what all for. To get that message to the people. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You feel his love so strong here. But some of you, like all the people in Texas that have come forward, you don't know anything about that love. You've allowed something to wall you off from God. There's a barber down in Texas that got saved during the meetings. And he said they started mocking him at the barber shop. The guy's mocking him. Bad Bible's all fake. You don't have to go to church. You know, the Holy Ghost is a very wise spirit. That guy's only been saved a week and a half. How's he going to refute the guy's arguments? He looks down at his exposed calf because it's 100 degrees. The guy's wearing shorts and he's got a giant tattoo of a cross on his leg. He said, why, if you believe that, do you have a big tattoo of the cross? The guy teared up and was quiet the rest of the time. Some people are going to go to hell because they're just repeating a lie. They heard their uncle or their humanities professor say, but what you just heard is why I can't get interested in the Marvel comic series. That's fake. Jesus is more powerful than them and he's real and he loves you. When it went into that part on the video where he's just going around lifting the woman caught in the adultery up out of the dirt. And laying his hands on lepers that you weren't allowed to touch. What a Jesus. He didn't just go find the rich and powerful. He wouldn't find anybody that was interested. In the Old Testament, he told the whole city of Jericho to be destroyed. That was God's will. And one pagan prostitute said, oh no, you people serve the real God. When this place is destroyed, save me and my family. And her house, because her house was built into the wall of the city, was preserved because she took a red, a scarlet cord and put it out the window, a type of the blood of Jesus. The blood changes everything. He already died for it. You don't have to talk him into it. Jesus, I've done so much. He knows. He already died. It's not a question of whether he'll forgive you. It's a question of whether you'll surrender your life to him. Are you going to cling to some excuse all the way to hell? I was hurt in church. Let them go to hell. Why should you follow him in? Why play into the devil's plan? There are people here that at five and six and eight years old, the devil did things that if he had his way, it was to permanently jade you against God. And he thought, there, I hit them with that. I don't have to worry about them anymore. But here you are because Jesus wasn't done doing everything to get the word to you so that you can be saved. If you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ or you once did we just had vacation Bible school this week tons of kids gave their lives to Jesus Christ you did that at 8 or 14 at a youth camp but you're not 14 anymore you're 35 you let sin come between you and God and you, I want to come back to Jesus we're not preaching theory here there's a real Christ who will live in your heart behold I stand at the door Revelation 3 and knock, if any man will open the door Where's God? Right there waiting for you to open the door and say, come in, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. You'll never be the same. That man on that video, I met him in 1984, Jesus Christ, and it's shaken me up till now. So I get irritated in my meetings when a little kid will raise their hand and their parent, their Christian parent puts their hand down. Oh no, my friend, I knew exactly what I was doing it for. I love that guy you're telling me about. Oh, he died for me? Okay, I'm with him. I believe everything that you told me about him. I'm in. And I meant what I was doing. I'm glad my parents didn't say, hey, you're a little young. Oh, no, no, no. All the children, all the teenagers, all the young adults, all the moms and dads like me, all the grandparents. Do you know the change that would take place in your family if at 52, 55 years old says, well, I've already blown it. No, if there was a saved grandfather in that family, Praying for the the family, it will turn the whole thing around. You're captain of the ship. That's why the devil, if he had his way, well, uh, it's too late for me. No, it's not. Number one. Number two, you're still the patriarch of your family. Get rid of sin today. Don't let sin get rid of you. There's nothing you've smoked or shot into your body or ingested or done that's too great for the blood of Jesus. That power will knock that stuff off of your life permanently you're here and you say Jonathan that's me I want to pull a Shadrach Meshach and I better go I stand today I don't care what the crowd does I'm making up my mind as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord I want you to quickly put your hand up all over this room if you want to I see your hands keep them up I see your hands keep them up if the Lord's dealing with your heart this is your day this is your hour Jesus died for you now you come to him very quickly Everyone that lifted a hand and met business with God, slip out of your seats and join me on the touchline right now. We're going to pray. Come quickly. God bless you. Take a stand for your family. Take a stand against the powers of darkness. Every hand that was lifted, come. Go ahead and sing. Come, there's room for you. God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Anybody else before we pray? Yes, that's awesome. Who else? What about the men? What about the men? If you're a man and you need to get right with God, come. Yes. Yes. Who else? Yes. 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 Sing it one more time. Bring Jesus what he paid for. Sing it if you know it, every hand lifted. it. to lead you in a very short but very powerful prayer with your hands lifted to god i'm giving you the words to say because some people have never prayed say this from the depth of your heart god's going to take care of you right now say this out loud heavenly father i give you my life i turn my back on sin i repent i believe in my heart you raised jesus from the dead i confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness by the blood of Jesus. I am saved. I am forgiven. I am clean. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. If you're listening to my wife's, thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.